Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Berry, and Wyatt Teeter as we talk about college football, college basketball, the NFL, the NBA, and of course, our signature segments, Mike Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 206. We all know that Tom Brady has some wild stats. This might blow up in my face. We'll find out after the, the results of tonight's game. We're recording this episode right before the Monday night football game of the uh, Cowboys and Buccaneers. But if the Buccaneers can win, this would be Tom Brady's 36th playoff win, which is by and large more out of any other player in the NFL. And would tie him for second place with the Pittsburgh Steelers for total amount of playoff wins, which is just insane. So the Patriots are number one right now at 37. The Steelers are number two at 36. So hypothetically, if the Buccaneers can, what, make it to the Super Bowl... Three plus three wins for Tom Brady that puts him at 38, which is more than any other team in the NFL has. Is that not like a wild stat? Yeah, that's insane. insane. I mean, that's wild. That I mean, it just goes to show a that how good he was for so long, like with New England, and now has had success in Tampa Bay, but also how just dominant he was in the postseason as well like it wasn't just regular season success yeah just insane uh for uh for reference i guess number two in the nfl adam vinatieri at 21 total playoff wins uh so there's a huge discrepancy there and then it goes down to 2019 17 16 and everyone else it kind of flatlines after tom brady he is by and large the outlier here when it comes to individuals uh with total playoff wins and yeah, like I said, even compared to teams, it's just insane. So outside of Tom Brady, how many of the top winners are kickers? That's a good question. They, they tend to have more longevity, right? That's why I'm curious. The one that would be, the first one that's a non-kicker is Gronk. He is at number five in the list. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So two through four are all kickers. Yep, we have Vinatieri, Goskowski, Romanowski. And number five is Tom Brady's best friend. Yep, and then Jerry Rice. Let's not forget, Vinatieri is uh, also tied to uh, to uh, Tom Brady. So, as is um, Gronkowski, and and so is uh, Gostkowski. Gostkowski, right? yep. And then uh, we'd have Romanowski, which would be older than Tom Brady. That, that right? was a while also, ago. He's a linebacker. He's not a kicker. So he's actually the first non-kicker, right above Rob, Bill Romanowski. But uh, number three, four, and five all end with Owski. I don't know. I don't know. That is somewhat know. interesting, I guess irrelevant for anything we're talking about but yeah interesting the more you know right the Mm -hmm. more you know Mm -hmm. so um since we missed uh an episode last week due to just schedules and other things um we have not yet talked about the college football playoff national championship game georgia absolutely obliterated tcu and i don't think there's anything else that needs to be said about that game georgia was just better and it wasn't close and it wasn't pretty I'll be interested to see where Stetson Bennett gets drafted this year. Apparently, Raising Canes is turning it into a successful venture for him. There you go. I mean, he seemed to just win, made made do with what he had, but he's just very small, very small for an NFL quarterback. So, But how big are his hands? Oh, we're going to find out. You know that. Are they bigger than Joe Burrow's hands? I was going to say, we can then compare them to our hands that we have on file now, so... Well, my hands grew. I've been working on my hand flexibility specifically for <laughs> Your this. hand flexion just for we'll do it again when those stupid headlines come out. We'll 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 rerun it back. Alright, sounds good. I actually have not been working on my hand size, so it's gonna stay the same. I I will actually take some some uh calipers from our calibrated equipment cabinet at work uh and measure them officially this time. Get an exact Ooh, measurement nice. instead of yeah. just a tape measure. Everybody start working on your hand, pliability, flexibility from then until now, and we'll see if we can get any uh, improvement from last year. And then that will determine how good of an NFL quarterback we are, obviously. Yes, for sure. It has nothing to do with throwing the football or reading defenses or anything like that. Just big hands. And then maybe we can make a viral how-to video on how to grow your hand size for all Mm. future quarterbacks. (laughs) Kenny Pickett. You got to do this. Yeah, hit us up, Kenny. So, yeah, that was college football. College football is now over until um, 
August rolls around. Um, that that's about all. Well, of course, um, if there's any interesting news regarding Cyclone football, we'll of course let you all know. But for now, that that'll be the end of our college football segment until August. What is not over until August, though, is our college basketball segment. That is in full swing with two top 25, two top 20 um, basketball teams in Ames, Iowa. Um, since we've been off for two weeks, I'm just going to run through the scores um, for the men here for the last two weeks, and then I'll let um, everyone just react to any of those four games or any general thoughts. Um, so for the men, they won at OU 63-60. to 60. Um, It's a game they, they led by something like 18 at one point in the first half and let Oklahoma come all the way back before they held on at the end. And they beat TCU 69-67 to 67 on a buzzer-beating three by Gabe Kalsher on what was a shot that I was screaming no when he took it, and then yes when it went in. Um, so one of those shots. Um, then they absolutely killed Texas Tech in a bloodbath at home, eighty-four to fifty. Um, revenge from last year's Big Twelve champ or Big Twelve tournament game, not the championship. And then a close loss at KU um, on Saturday, sixty-two to sixty. Um, any thoughts on these last two weeks from two weeks from the men's team? Yeah, I think Gabe was uh, 0 for 5 from 3 in that game where he hit the buzzer beater. That was the only 3 he made. Uh, So it was very scary to see him take that shot. And then you were just happy he made it, but didn't love the shot selection. And then unfortunately on the other end of that, we saw what happened when an ice-cold shooter takes a tough shot at the end of the game and Caleb Grill at KU seemingly looking for contact more than actually trying to shoot the ball, uh, just chucked it up at 3. And we lost that game because it wasn't anywhere close. I mean, it did it did glance off the rim. I'll give him credit for that. I don't care. It was a horrible shot. It was a horrible look. Bad shot. Bad decision. I don't know. Was that out of a timeout, too? It was out of a KU timeout. Okay. So you would hope that we would have drawn up something a little better than that. But I overall reaction, um, I think I went into saying like this first week of the season, you know, bit of the big 12, big 12 conference play after that Baylor win going on the road and facing OU and TCU. I said either on, on the episode or to myself, maybe even, or to the group chat that we really needed to get one of those games as a win. We came out two and zero on that road trip, came back, kicked the snot out of T- Texas tech um, and already it feels like a great start to Big 12 play. This team, I think, feels almost a little bit better than last year, which sure. is ironic to say because I felt like we we just had a feeling that we had some better players on the team this, last year. Uh, Isaiah Brockington was that dude the whole season. But the thing was, we weren't relying on Isaiah Brockington to score literally a third of our points every single night in order to win a basketball game. Um, it has been different guys every night. Uh, we'll we'll talk about some Bob Jones later, uh, but Robert Jones has had some decent offensive games uh, in that stretch of wins. Um you know, Jaron Holmes had some good games. Uh, Taman Lipsy has had some some double digit scoring efforts. Uh, and then obviously Caleb Grill and Gabe Kalsher have kind of been off and on in some games. They were both on in the Texas Tech game, hence the reason why we scored 84 points in that game. Um, I think this team definitely feels better, and that's without Jazz Koontz, right? So a lot of guys have stepped up. The one guy who I'd like to point out is Osun. At the end of the KU game, he went on a he had a four three to four minute stretch where that was he wild. Was virtually unguardable, and he was wiping away every shot at the rim. That was the the player that we knew we were getting from St. Bonaventure. I think it's taken him a little bit of time to get imp- like 
integrated into this new defensive scheme, uh, integrated into this team. But what he showed in Allen Fieldhouse at the end of that game, I believe if that Osun can stay on the floor more often uh, without fouling, this team is going to be not only a contender in the Big 12 for the rest of the season, at least the top three team in the Big 12, but they are going to be a real tough out in the tournament. Mike, you had mentioned something when we were watching the game. You said you had a theory. I also have a theory. Everybody always says he fouls too much, so he's not playing enough minutes. If you look back through, he just doesn't play that much, even if he only has one or two fouls. He also was wearing a knee sleeve this game that I don't know that I've seen before and was very visibly favoring his left leg. I think he has an injury that's been bothering him all year. That was exactly... So he did injure his ankle in the... Texas Tech game. First in the Western Michigan game. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. It's been all year. Right. But even before that, he wasn't playing that many minutes. So I think, yes, I think it's a combination of he's nursing an injury. And I think um, because of that, he's not practicing much, if at all, would be my guess. And I think his conditioning is just a little under what you'd want it to be because of the injury, not because he's not working hard just because of the injury and i don't think his conditioning um also is letting him stay on the floor for the number of minutes you'd want to give him yeah to get to see him live and watching him walk on the court and stand i could i could see it that he seemed to be if he was standing in one place kind of shifting his weight more towards that leg that didn't have the sleeve on it and i asked my wife i was like am i crazy do you see that too and she also thought that she could see it. So I think it definitely is bothering him, especially if it's that visible enough that he's going to play a few less minutes. But God, we would love five to six more minutes of him and five to six less minutes of uh, Rob Jones pretending to be Oshun Oshuni because he is not. Uh, I do not understand why the coaching staff allows him to just chuck shots up constantly. I, he might have had the most shot attempts in that last game. Uh, for our team. No, sorry. Oshun had 10 and Kalsher had 16, but both Grill and Jones went one for eight. Grill like an excuse. He's been hot. He takes tough shots. You're going to live with it. Uh, Bob Jones, no. He's had less good games than bad games. He's usually bad. But that's our offense, right? That's not offense. But, but, our offense has to work into the post, right? That's the way our offense functions. That's the way our offense is designed to function. So I guess I'm I'm okay with not giving Jones more looks or giving Jones less looks. But what what offense are we going to run instead? I guess my question is, how is that offense? Generally what happens, we run our little side-to-side pick and roll, look for somebody. If we pass it down to Robert Jones in the post, it never comes back out. The end of that possession is him uh, attempting to be a blind Hakeem Olajuwon, throwing it somewhere near the rim, and it's over. He never takes the ball back out of that. That's the end of our possession. We just decide we're done, can't get a shot, give it to Robert Jones, and he misses. Question. Why against smaller teams, KU played relatively small this whole game? I Look, KJ Adams was the go-to guy at the end. KJ Adams is a monster. With Robert Jones guarding him. But my question is, why don't you put a more physical Trey King or Hassan Ward or Demarion Watson, any of them in in that in that situation over Robert Jones? Yeah, I, I that that's the question that I'm struggling with is why is why is Robert Jones the go to in those scenarios when he is not a defender? Like, obviously, KU identified Rob Jones is on the floor. All right, give the ball to KJ Adams. You know, mm-hmm. Jalen Wilson had a better game. Uh, Grady Dick, who I'm can't wait until he leaves KU already. Uh, I hope he's a one and done. Uh, he's he's going to be there like eight years, like Perry Alice was. He's too good for that. I I don't know. I hope he's a one and done. I'm already tired of him. Uh, Why? Why? Let's hear it. It, there's what there's one KU guy every single year that I despise. I think you're talking about the Duke White guy. 
Are you saying Grady Dick is the Duke white guy? There's always a white guy on Duke that everybody hates. Yeah. Uh, what's what's his fate? What's his name? Gray, uh, Grayson Jason Allen. Grayson Allen. Yep, there it is. Grayson Allen. Christian he Leitner, reminds me of JJ Reddick. Yeah. All those guys. <laughs> but, but in all fairness to Grady Dick, he hasn't done anything. No, dirty he hasn't. Like all those players have. Did. Literally, the only thing wrong, Grady Dick. One, his name is Grady Dick. Worst <laughs> name you've ever heard in your life. Two, not a great face. And three, he's just really good. He's really good. And we didn't play good defense on him at all in the first half. That was one of the best shooting strokes I have seen. And he does that every game. I've watched a lot of KU this year, and he just is that good. That was not a fluke. He's got a great shot for being, what is he, 6'8", 6'7", 6'8"? He's a 6'8 guard is what he's listed as. God. I thought this was a Jalen Wilson game for sure. We have nobody on our roster that really matches up with Jalen Wilson. And he just... He had a meh, meh game. Jalen Wilson is a little bit overrated anyway, in my opinion. He puts up a lot of points, but that's just because he puts up a million shots every game. How do you think Koontz would have matched up with him? Well, I think that's the guy we needed to match up with him. Uh, but we just don't have anybody. He, he'd be a little outweighed because we just have a very light team in general. But uh, that, that's the guy we would have wanted to put on him. But apparently they just didn't go to him as much as I thought they did. They looked for Dick a lot. and. He got it done, so obviously I am not smarter at coaching than Bill Self. Big surprise. Many have tried, and almost all have failed. Yeah. So you're in good company. There are not many teams that have ever won in Allen Fieldhouse. It is a very tough place to play, and that is a very tough team to play always. I think what we saw out of this game, though, was a very good measuring stick to who Iowa State will be like for the rest of the season. I mean, you are competing with the clear cut. Well, I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying that is KU the clear cut top team in the big 12 this year right now. I, I think so. Yeah. At, at, I wasn't sure after the first week of conference play, but now that with three weeks into conference play, yes, KU is the best team in the conference. They, they have survived some, some games at home. They're not winning. They're not blowing teams out, but they're doing what they need to. they, win i mean that's that's really it and they're winning close games which is sometimes harder to do than winning blowouts and it helps you for the tournament when you look at the box score we made one more field goal percent one goal jesus one more field goal attempt than they did we made two more free throw attempts than they did we out rebounded them by five you know we did all the things right uh they had 12 of 20 on free throws and we had six of 10 KU is generally a good free throw shooting team. So we got lucky in that aspect, but I mean, we followed the game plan to beat this team and we just came out a little bit short because it it is a good team and it's a tough place to play, but can't ask for much more. My question still remains though, is why are we putting Bob Jones in late game situations to guard? If Osuni is out with like with foul trouble or for whatever reason, why don't we go smaller and make someone try and and match the physicality? It's not Bob Jones. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Trey King was almost a non-factor in that game. He played eight minutes. He didn't take a shot. His only stat was a turnover and three fouls. That's that's not a good game. He's been a non-factor in almost every game. That well, that I would say that in Texas. The game against Texas Tech, he had the largest factor, but we also blew Texas Tech out of the water. So That's the only game he's had anything in other than one non-con game. Other than that, he's more or less invisible. I will say I was... Demarion Watson actually stepped up big in the game. Where'd that come from? That corner three at the end of the first half was huge. He had another one late in the second half, too. Yeah, and several blocks, too. Yeah. Going into the uh, the game, he was not shooting particularly well from three. He was, oh, what is that? Two is for, that? Yeah, two three, for 12. Four, six, seven, two yeah, for 12. Two for 12 going into the, that game um, from three. So those are two very big shots. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we need to get more minutes out of Oshuni, and I don't know how to do that. But if if this team can get Oshuni playing like he did in the KU game, but we can get it for twenty five minutes instead of nineteen minutes, like you were saying, Arian, just get five more minutes. This team is going to be very very dangerous. Maybe even twenty three minutes. Just get make sure you have him on the court at the end of the game. 
I think that's what we need to do. And it'll be easier when we get Koontz back, too. Yeah. Koontz will take some of those Jones minutes. Like, he's going to play a little less. Demarion Watson's not going to play 19 minutes. He's going to be back in there. So we can see what that looks like. There, there were only two minutes this game where Oshuni and Jones or Jones didn't play, and that number can be higher if Kuntz can play because Kuntz, as we saw last year, can play the five. Yep, he's a small five. He's an undersized five, but he can do it. There aren't as many giants in the Big Twelve as there have been in other years. Yeah, which Iowa State might have one of those giants as long as that commitment stays in two years. So yeah, fingers crossed. Excited for that. Yeah. If you missed the news that we're talking about to all of our listeners, Iowa State has landed the recruitment commitment of a seven-footer out of South Dakota for the 2024 class. So big for TJ Otzelberger, especially when he was being offered by Purdue, and it seems like everyone over the 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 height of 6'11 <laughs> ends up with Matt Painter at Purdue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, but overall, let's not let's not lose perspective on this, right? This is a team that, again, was picked to finish eighth in the Big 12. Not quite as bad as last year, but I not thought it was ninth. I thought it was seventh. <laughs> We're going to take the average and say eighth. We'll say eighth. Somebody looks it up. <laughs> not in the top. No. And this team right now is 4-1 and one in conference. Their only loss is in conference is a two-point loss at KU. Their number... In which we actually went up in every metric, right? Yeah. Ken Palm. Pretty much. Yeah. And... And the AP poll, which we'll get to. They're number 12 in the AP poll. They're number um, 10 in the net. They're number 13 in the Ken Palm, right? This this team has been nothing but an absolute success so far this year. Um, The question is, can they maintain it going forward? I will say, I get a little scared looking at our record that this can be a skid. You go, Texas is another really tough team, and then you're at Oklahoma State, and then we're at home, but it's another tough team in Kansas State who's been playing really well. This could string into four losses pretty quickly, but I don't think that's cause for alarm necessarily. I'm just saying that that worries me a little bit. You're going to have those stretches in a conference in which 60% of the teams in the conference are all ranked in ranked in the AP top 25. Yeah. All the teams are statistically great in net rankings. Ken Palm. Um, Every team that we play is in the top 45. I, I think a lot of what we saw is what we had thought was you're probably going to lose almost every single road game in conference. And that statistical category was the road teams were winning like that, that week in which we beat OU and beat TCU road teams were all winning in the big 12. So uh, I don't know how that bodes when we talk about Texas this week. Uh, maybe it, uh, maybe it's a little bit ominous coming up for that. But, you know, we won some road games. That puts us plus. Now just win yep. your home games, right? Keep an even keel. Uh, it's a long season. Yeah, if they just win the home conference games, they're going to finish with at least 11 wins in conference. They're going to be a top five seed in the NCAA tournament. And good things are going to happen. Um, as we've already alluded to, um, the upcoming schedule, um, Texas at home at 7 p.m. on Tuesday on ESPN+. Plus. Um, as I'm sure many of you know, this will be the return of Tyrese Hunter to Ames. Um, first time back since transferring to Texas. Um, TJ Atzelberger was asked about this. I'm not sure if this, this must have been on the coaches show um, or something like that. But he did give a couple things. Um, he said uh, that he has a lot of gratitude and thankfulness for all the guys who were on our team last year. At the same time, our focus is on our team and getting better every day. And then when asked specifically about the crowd's reception, he said, um, I don't have any thoughts on how a crowd reacts to any opponent. We're lucky to have passionate fans. Sounds like it'll be a great crowd, and they will put our team in a good position to win. To me, I interpret that as implicit permission from the coach to heckle a former player however the heck they want. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think he's saying do what you want. That's not my concern, and I'm not going to tell you how to receive somebody. If you want to do it, go for it. I think he understands what's going to happen and that it's completely appropriate. I mean, it's not the first time this year that somebody's transferred within the Big 12 and gone home. 
Texas Tech booed Lance McCullers every time he touched the ball earlier when KU played him. It is what it is. And he knew that when he transferred. He, yeah, he, he definitely knew uh, what bed he was making when he did that and made that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of Iowa State fans in Cyclone Nation understand what he did for the team, but that was last year. This is this year. It's a new team with different goals and objectives uh, than, than the, the levels that we reached last year. Um, so obviously this is, it, it, it's a game in which they're going to have a lot of motivation to come out and play well. Uh, and the student section is highly motivated, um, to play Monopoly during the game. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting atmosphere on Tuesday night. I will say Tyrese Hunter is a guy, like he is definitely a guy, not just a player and people like that who are kind of alphas at their level. They often thrive off of that. Like he's not going to be scared to get booed. I I don't think that will affect him in that way. No, he if might. anything, I think we will see a good performance, which will just pump the crowd up more. And I think the atmosphere is going to be really exciting for that game. I'm definitely looking forward to watching. He might that. have his best game of the season, so just be prepared for that. It is going to be interesting to see on Tuesday, and then the other game this week for the men is at Oklahoma State, um, sun, uh, Saturday, 1 p.m. Also on ESPN Plus. Um, it was also an interesting two weeks for the women's team. Um, they started by beating West Virginia at home. And then they lost a close one to Oklahoma on the road. And the big news from that one is they lost Stephanie Soros for the year um, with a torn ACL in her knee. Um, this is really a big loss for the Cyclones. It's been a, a, a big who can rebound and score inside. Um, and that, that's what this team has been missing for years, and Soros was providing that, and that's why this team was off to such a great start. Um, and they're just not as good without her out there. I think that eventually they'll adjust and they'll be fine, but it's going to take some time to have to adjust the way they play again without that presence inside. Um, and they did have one game to adjust. They beat K-State at home after that and then lost at Texas. Um, they fell apart in the fourth quarter at Texas to lose. Um, they're still number 18 in the AP poll. Um, so this is still a very, very good team. Don't get me wrong. This team is still a tournament team for sure. Um, and they're, they're going to be fine. But they just maybe don't have the, the number one, number two seed aspirations they did at the beginning of the year. Um, Upcoming this week for the women, they've got Oklahoma State at home on Wednesday at 6.30 on ESPN+. Plus, and then KU at home on Saturday, 5 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. So that's that's that for the first Cyclone basketball. Two great teams. Um, yeah, probably, probably pretty good to bet on them if you would like to. But, man, if you were to take any of our advice and throw your money down on it, I would think twice. Uh, Going into the NFL, we'll talk about the NFL playoffs here in a second, but I would just like to recap something. Uh, Just take take us a little back, a little little, uh, jump back to episode 189 in which we did our NFL season preview. So for the co-hosts, any guesses without looking on how you did in picking division winners this season. Oh, did you really go back bad. and look this up? Oh, boy. I did go back and look it up. That's why I said I was going to be making fun of myself here. So, I put, My guess is I was four for eight. Okay. I would say, I'm going to say I was bad, so I'm going to say three for eight. I'm going to assume I batted under 50. I, I'm going to take that same assumption. I'm going to go three for eight. Okay, well, Mike and Arian, you were correct. So, Mike, you were four of eight. Arian, you were three of eight. Why? You did better. You were four of eight. Ah. I was also four of eight. Uh, so, just running down, everyone picked the Bills. Uh, Mike, you only got the Bengals right in the AFC North. Uh, Wyatt and Arian picked the Jags out of the South. Mike was the only person who picked the Chiefs to win the AFC West. Uh, shout out to Arian for picking the Chargers and shout out to Wyatt and myself for p- picking the Broncos. Yeah, hey, I feel uh, good that I didn't pick the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, wait. I got this wrong. Wyatt actually did better. Sorry. Uh, Wyatt was five of eight as he picked the Eagles with myself and Mike. 
Uh, I was the only one who picked the Vikings. Shout out to everyone else for picking the Packers. Wyatt and Arian picked the Bucks. Um, and Wyatt and myself picked the 49ers. So shout out to Wyatt. Take his information and big brain knowledge to the bank because you would have done pretty well this season. Uh, out of the remaining teams left in the playoffs, only Wyatt has both teams from the AFC and NFC available in his Super Bowl matchup. Uh, Wyatt, Arian, and Mike oh, all picked no. the Bills. Shout out to myself Rams. for being the resident dumb and picking the Chargers. So we're going to move on real quick and talk about the Jags and the Chargers. Wait, we don't sorry, need what, to was, what was my Super Bowl pick? Uh, you picked you pick the Bills. And who did I have them playing? The... the <laughs> The Cardinals. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. Did I pick I, that? Oof. I yeah. had the Rams, so you can feel better <laughs> about that. I picked the Bills and the Rams. Yeah. I picked the Chargers and the 49ers. Jeez. Uh, but we don't have to fester on the Chargers yeah. for too long. Um, so NFL playoffs have started. Super wild card weekend. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence still has not lost on Saturdays. Uh, he threw four interceptions. In the first half, this game looked like it was completely out of hand, out of control. Uh, shout out to the Chargers uh, for losing this game, being up 27 to nothing. Uh, the overall percentage chance of winning this game actually looked like the Chargers lightning bolt. Don't know if anyone saw that on Twitter, but it is hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, after having an abysmal first half, did lead a great touchdown drive. Uh his first possessions of the game, four interceptions and then a three and out. They also had a uh, muff punt that was recovered as well. Uh, his final five possessions of the game, though, he led a four touchdown drives and a game winning field goal drive as well. Um, so Trevor Lawrence, the as people have claimed the anointed one since Peyton Manning, I'm not jumping on that train. Still not buying it yet. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are a year ahead of schedule here, but that is a very impressive season for the Jaguars after being the worst team in the NFL last year, led by uh, a bust of a college coach turned NFL coach um, in Urban Meyer. So with the Chargers, what do they do next? I have been on the fire Brandon Staley Staley train for a while now. Who else like here is anyone else in agreement that the Chargers can't move on with Brandon Staley? He obviously had his team ready to go. Is it his his fault they fell apart in the second half? Yeah, I think it's always interesting. Everybody obviously he had a good game plan. Yeah, they give credit to random people depending on the outcome of the game. Why is it that if you play well in the first half but poorly in the second half, we don't talk about Justin Herbert? Like, we'll talk about other quarterbacks if they lose, but Justin Herbert obviously wasn't as good in the second as he was in the first. I just didn't understand how Austin Eckler didn't get more touches in that game, though. Yeah. So, obviously, some of that game plan has to go back to the coaching staff. Now, Brandon Staley is more of a defensive-minded coach, so that obviously does that fall on him as the ultimate veto for, uh, you know, play calling who, who owns that, right? Is it just the offensive coordinator there? Who knows? Cause Austin Eckler, arguably the best player on the field in that game, or one of the best players on the field, especially for the chargers yeah. only had 13 carries. That is unfortunately also a side effect of the current NFL game. People just give up on the run all the time. I feel like that is not specific to this team. I will say uh, if they fire him, I think they have totally good reason to do that. And I don't think that would be an incorrect decision. I just am not 100% like if they keep him on, that's like a tragic mistake or anything for me. Did you see also that someone bet $1.4 million on the Chargers to win like $11,000 and they lost one point four? Why do you bet $1.4 million to win $11,000? I don't know what the purpose of that is, but they thought it was a sure thing. I guess they're like, oh, this is an easy 11 grand. No, let me 11 grand. Let me just drop 1.4 mil in there. That's insane. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that they have a reason to move on if they can get a better coach. That's the thing, right? 
as long as you can get a better coach, go for it. You're gonna it's look got, pretty stupid. It's got to be Sean Payton, right? Man, I we are gearing up for the biggest letdown for whoever gets Sean Payton. He's not some magical pixie who gets you 90 Super Bowls. Like he won one Super Bowl. Yeah, he's good. He's not just going to magically take you to the promised land, though, and it feels like what it's getting built up to be. Right. I I agree with that. I, I don't know if the Chargers move on or not. They have a history of keeping uh, coaches for an extra year, giving them a little bit extra chance uh, with Anthony Lynn, and then I forget who it was before that, but they, they typically have a little bit of a longer leash for them uh, as opposed to other teams who are quick to pull the trigger. But... Elsewhere in the AFC, we'll stick there first before moving on to the NFC. Uh, Cincinnati and Baltimore. A lot of people were writing this off as a uh, game that might not look as as uh, tantalizing um, based on the matchup. It's a divisional game, so that's what makes it so interesting and so close. Uh, the uh, Huntley actually played pretty well. Uh, an early interception uh, that wasn't super great, but then ultimately there was one play, one play that changed this game, and it was uh, that trying he tried to leap over the line for a quarterback sneak for a touchdown, and he was just too far away. Uh, Cincinnati punches that ball out and re- returns it for 98 yards. Sam it falls into Sam Hubbard's hands, 98 yard. Re- uh, fumble recovery touchdown literally one play was the difference in that game otherwise Baltimore just didn't have enough offensive firepower to uh, have a game winning drive they had a chance at the end but a fourth and 20 uh, was just too much on a on a last ditch heave to the end zone couldn't get it done uh, elsewhere in Orchard Park Buffalo did take care of Miami Miami looked all out of sorts on the offensive side. Uh, a lot of uh, timeouts called just because they couldn't get the play in in time. Delays of game, false start. Uh, Miami put up a decent fight in this game. Buffalo was favored by 14 points, which is wild, even though this is a divisional game too. But without Tua playing, uh, this was, you know, everyone thought this would be a blowout. Josh Allen did have several turnovers in this game, which did help keep it close. Uh, but then the, in the end, Buffalo is moving on. Uh, so Buffalo will host Cincinnati next weekend and Jacksonville will travel to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. Uh, elsewhere in the NFC, Brock Purdy f- played phenomenally over 330 yards passing on the day. Uh, four total touchdowns for Brock Purdy in a win versus Seattle. Uh, I don't know if this is the end of a end of the line for Geno Smith in Seattle as they do have a very high draft pick uh, this year. Uh, upcoming, but a, a good run for Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, but it ends uh, to really relatively a blowout at it, what this ended up being in the hands of the 49ers and probably the best roster uh, in the National Football League currently. Um, elsewhere, a lot of people were, you know, saying that this is the potentially the upset of the week with the Giants going in to Minneapolis and playing the Vikings Kirk Cousins played well it's just that Minnesota defense sometimes looked like they were playing with nine or ten guys on the field there were holes everywhere there was acreage to run after the catch Uh, the Giants were able to run the ball effectively with both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley Daniel Jones had a I, I mean this was his opportunity right he's going into you know, what? what is his contract going to be next year? He came in and played a phenomenal game. Brian Dayball has instilled a identity into this football team as they were able to go in and knock off Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. I don't know how the Vikings got TJ Hawkinson. That was a steal this season. Uh, he looked phenomenal in this game, but ultimately a sad ending to a very tumultuous season in Minnesota with so many close victories, so many blowouts as well. Uh, what What's the mood like in Minnesota on Monday today, Mike? There's a lot of frustration at the defense. A um, lot of calls to fire the defensive coordinator and then hire Brandon Staley when they think uh, the Chargers fire him. Um, that's, what, that's what people are asking for. 
um, is what I'm hearing. Um, there's not a ton of surprise. I don't think anyone here is surprised that they lost. Um, I think the Vikings were rightly favored, but I don't think anybody was surprised by the loss. Um, I, I, I saw the stat and I haven't gotten a chance to verify it, but I believe it's true that the Vikings um, are the first team in NFL history to complete 80% of their passes in a game, not throw an interception and not get sacked and still lose. Um, and to me, that more or less sums up the Vikings season. That and the fact that when you need a first down on fourth and eight to extend the game in a playoff game, you throw a check you, down, you, you, you throw a check down for two yards. Yep. Yeah. Like, just, I don't care how many people are around Justin Jefferson. Throw it to him. Throw it to him. You saw what he did in the Buffalo game. Your odds of getting a first down are better throwing it to Justin Jefferson in double coverage than hoping TJ Hawkinson can make somebody miss. Great pass catcher, not known for his jukes. To me, or that's flat that, out speed. Yeah, that's that is emblematic of Kirk Cousins in general, man. He's always going to play well enough that somebody can defend him, but he's never going to play well enough to win you a game. He takes the safe throws most of the time. He's going to play fine, but like he's never won. He, it's not a coincidence that he's just mediocre everywhere he goes. I mean, I, I really struggle to blame Kirk Cousins for this, though. I mean, in the That's end, his stick. He, he was 31 of 39 for 273 yards and two touchdowns. Like, I get it. He puts up numbers. That's fine. But it doesn't translate. It never does. When you guys had a good defense, you know, you didn't have enough playmakers or whatever, and he didn't get the win done. Now that you have playmakers, the defense isn't good enough. But the one consistent thing is always that Kirk Cousins doesn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you that he ha- doesn't have that winning record. But for me, it just comes down to what, what, what do you want him to do differently, I guess. That's, yeah. Right. You know, obviously there are different things, but when I saw that play for the last play of the game, I'm like, that's what I think of when I think of Kirk Cousins. Like, well, I'll get a completion and some yards. You can't say it looks bad in a box score. It doesn't. But did it look good in the game? It didn't. And, I, you know, maybe that's just bias on my part. But whenever I see it, I just never see anybody who's going to do anything. He will never elevate other players. Other players need to elevate him. And that's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you know? What was it? Generational or cheap quarterback, a cheap quarterback, generational defense, or I don't remember the third. Generational talent at quarterback or historically great defense. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, that's not there. No, I I agree. I totally agree. You're going to need an all-time great defense to win with Kirk Cousins on this contract. I don't disagree with you there. He's got a Joe Flacco it to get there. Like, Yeah. 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 That's going to be yeah. his path. Yeah. The, the other thing is when you've got it, so second drive of the game for the Vikings, right? Both teams have just scored touchdowns on the first drive. You get it to um, third and less than a yard. And instead of having your quarterback go sneak it for a yard, like you used to do, um, like you did on the first drive to score a touchdown, you, let me get this straight. You have your, First team all pro wide receiver, throw it to your quarterback. Yeah. Don't get fancy. You don't need to get fancy on third and less than a yard. You really don't. And you really don't need to get so fancy that your wide receiver is passing. To Kirk Cousins. Yes. Don't don't do that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I and, agree. And then, and then you're behind the rest of the game, or most of the rest of the game, and you just don't come back. So yep. With that being said, the Giants will travel to Philadelphia for another divisional matchup. That should be an interesting one next week. Uh, the 49ers will host the winner of the Cowboys versus Bucks, uh, which is playing on Monday Night Football. Tom Brady, does he have more magic in him? We shall see. Or is it the Cowboys' year to keep moving on? Uh, we will keep you updated on all things NFL playoffs as we roll on. But Ariane, we are getting close to all-star time for the NBA, correct? Yeah, it's coming up. I thought I would, we haven't talked about the NBA in a little while. It's just a lot of games and a long season. And we got other stuff to talk about, but I'd throw it out there. Uh, All-star voting for the fans is concluding on Saturday, January 21st for the NBA. So if you're looking to get your votes in, get your guys into the starting lineup, go ahead and vote. You can vote once a day, every day. 
Uh, Kyle's doing that so we can get Tyrese Halliburton into the starting lineup. We'll see if that works. Uh, fan votes account for 50% of the vote for starters, and then current players and media each have 25% as well. That has its negatives and positives. The current top 10s for the all-star voting, I'll just go over them really quick so you can see how stupid it is when fans vote for stuff. In the Western Conference, you have LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, Andrew Wiggins, Paul George, Laurie Markkinen, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, and at number 10, Kevon Looney. Uh, guards, Curry, Doncic, Morant, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Thompson, Westbrook, Lillard, Devin Booker, Austin Reeves, who you guys probably don't even know who that is, at number nine, and Jordan Poole. Austin Reeves plays for the Lakers, uh, so they just vote for him because he plays for the Lakers. Eastern Conference, you have Durant, Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Butler, Siakam, Kuzma, Paolo Banquero, Nick Claxton, and Jared Allen. And then for guards, you have Irving, Donovan Mitchell, James Harden, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton currently checking in at eight. He did move up one spot since last time. Uh, Derek Rose and Darius Garland. Derek Rose isn't retired? Derek Rose is not retired technically, but he's getting votes, which is stupid. Um, so if you heard your guy on there or you didn't hear your guy on there, you want him to move up, go and vote, NBA.com. They can do that for you. Uh, the benches for the All-Star will be selected by coaches. So it's a little bit more uh, factual and less emotional, I guess we could say. Uh, All-Star Weekend is going to be February 17th through the 19th. So basically a month from now. So tune in and we'll see what that stuff looks like. Uh, that's all I got. Mike, you want to go over some rules for us? Um, in Mike's stupid rules this week is something that um, did not come into play yet this weekend in the NFL, but very well might before the end of the year, um, before the end of the playoffs. And that is NFL overtime rules for the playoffs. They are different than they are in the regular season for a couple of reasons. First of all, you can't end in a tie in the NFL. Um, you just keep, they just keep playing 15 minute quarters until, um, yeah, until the, a, a winner is decided. Essentially there are no ties in the playoffs. Um, so there's that, but then the, the biggest change that I would say is um, what I'm going to call the Josh Allen rule. It probably has a, a different wheel name, but I'm going to call it the Josh Allen rule um, because essentially it came out of the AFC championship game between Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, that incredible game where then in the end, um, Josh Allen didn't get a chance to possess the ball in overtime. This is a change specifically for overtime um, where um, both basically if the first team to possess the ball scores a touchdown, the other team would still get an opportunity to possess the ball. Both teams get an opportunity to possess the ball unless the first possession is a safety, in which case the defensive team just wins. Otherwise, both teams have an opportunity to possess the ball. Um, if they're both tied at the end of that first possession, then, um, the, then the next score wins. So it does add a little bit of strategy now to the coin flip do you still my question is do you still take the ball right away if you win the coin toss yeah i would kyle what about you yeah i would as I, well I, I probably would as well but i see some advantage since you guaranteed a possession of wanting to go second to know what you need to do on that second possession yeah, that's fair too. Right? It's like, do I need to go score a touchdown or should I kick the field? Or, right? Can I kick the field goal? Do I, can I punt? Is punting okay? You know, things like that. It's kind of like the advantage of going second in college over time. Yeah. But I wouldn't, but again, if both teams score, you want to be the first one to have the ball when it becomes sudden death. So yep. I see the advantage of that too. It'll be interesting if it comes up to see what, what somebody does. Yeah. Because we have not seen that ever happen before. No, we have not. It would, it would be the, fir the first overtime game in this playoffs would be the first time um, it would be played under this these rules. So 
so we will see when we will let you know um when it happens um if it happens so that is it for Mike Stupid Duels. Unless anybody has any questions about NFL overtime rules? No. I'm hoping to, that we get to see it this weekend, though, or next weekend. Whatever. Sometime. In the Super this Bowl? This postseason. Ooh, that would be fun. Cool, cool. All right, so at the end of Mike's Stupid Duels, we will move into our Write That Down Prediction, our accountability session. And this is a this is quite a long um, accountability session between the fact that it's two weeks and that um, the end of the NFL regular season happened in here, so there's a lot, um, a lot that can have, the lot that can uh, has to come off the board here. We can just call it the Super Accountability Session, like the Ooh. Super Wild Card Weekend. Makes I like it it. Also, I, I hate the name Super Wild Card Weekend. I, like, I'm like, when are we going to add Super to the other two rounds so everything's just Super? It sounds ridiculous. Got your Super Bowl, your Super Wild Card. Super divisional round. Yeah, super championship games. Let's go ahead. You guys want to watch the Super Pro Bowl? No, nobody wants to watch anything to do with the Pro Bowl. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> anyway, back to our accountability session. It's quite the long one. Um, first off the board is by putting the Vikings would make it to the NFC championship game. Um, that is not happening. Um, so with that, I get a... Nah, nah. Josh predicted that the Packers would somehow get a wild card, which they could have done if they would have just beaten the Lions in the last week of the year. Um, but they could not do that, so they did not get a wild card. So for that, Josh gets a nah, nah, nah. Wyatt predicted the Bucks would finish below 500, which they did at 8 and 9, but they did still make the playoffs um, and are playing uh, tonight. Um, they start like right now as we're recording this on Monday Night Football. White gets a ding 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 ding. ding, 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 ding. Josh had also predicted that the Packers would only lose at most two more games the rest of the year. Um, if they would have beat the Lions, he would have been correct on that as well. But the loss to the Lions made it three losses. So when he made that prediction, so he gets a <laughs> Kyle predicted the Chiefs would be a top seven in the league in sacks in the regular season. Um, they actually were second in the league in, in sacks. The Eagles were wow. far and away in first, but the Chiefs were in second with 55 sacks this season. So for that, Kyle gets a ding 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 Arian, you predicted that Russell Wilson would finish the year with more uh, interceptions than touchdowns. For a while, that looked like it was going to happen, but in the end, he had 16 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. So you get a nah. Um, I need some help on this one, guys. Kyle predicted that the Rams would only win seven games. Do you six guys games. or six games? Did did was that an exactly or an or an at most? Oh, do we remember? I do not remember. Only win six games. So, all right. In the Me- meantime, we'll, in the meantime, we'll just take this one back off the board. I'll go listen back to the episode later. And I'll, I'll, I'll get what we said on the episode, and we'll go from there. So we'll come back yeah. to that one. Okay. Um, Arian um, af- predicted after the North Carolina game that Caleb Grill would not score over 20 points for the rest of the season. He did against, I believe it was TCU, right? He scored more mm-hmm. than 20? Yep. Yeah, Caleb Grill scored um, – no, it wasn't against TCU. Uh, against Oklahoma? Who was it? Against Oklahoma, he scored oh, exactly gotcha. 20 points. TCU was um, TCU was Kalsher's game. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So for that, Arian gets a... Nah. Nah. Hey, fire up the grill, baby. Let's go. Kyle, the Broncos would be sending a top eight pick to Seattle in the Russell Wilson trade. That pick is number five, um, which is in the top eight. So Kyle gets a... Ding, ding, ding. Kyle predicted the Bucks would win the division at nine and eight or eight and nine, which they did. So ding 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 ding. ding, ding. But he also predicted that Kelsey oh. would have eighteen TD receptions this year. He ended the year with twelve, so not he, even he did not close. get another one since I made that prediction. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, not particularly close. So nah. Nah. <laughs> Josh predicted the Lions would make the playoffs, which they, despite beating the Packers, they missed out on the playoffs because the Seahawks 
um, one in week 18. So Josh gets it. Nah. Nah. I predict the SEC would not win the national title. Um, as we talked about, they they dominated in it. So I get it. Nah. Nah. But I predicted when everyone was hopping on the Lions bandwagon, I was off the Lions bandwagon. I predicted they still would not make the playoffs, which was correct. So ding-ding-ding-ding. Ding-ding-ding. Kyle predicted the Jags would make the playoffs, which they did. Ding-ding-ding-ding. Ding-ding-ding. Predicted the Lions would beat the Packers, which they did. Ding-ding-ding-ding. Ding-ding-ding. And then Ariane predicted the Vikings do not win a playoff game this year, which they did not. So, ding 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 That is finally it from a marathon accountability session. Um, moving along to our write-that-down predictions. I have officially transitioned into baseball mode, and uh, there are only 31 days until um, Twins pitchers and catchers um, report to spring training. And I am going to predict now that the Twins have signed uh, Carlos Correa, finally ending that free agent saga, which is a story in itself. Um, it's finally over. The Twins got him. I'm going to predict that the Twins win the division this year. Uh, do we have any? Probably too early to have those predictions. Let's see here. I mean, now that they have Carlos Correa, how could they not win the division? Am I right? That's sarcasm because they didn't win it last year. That, that is true. I, just, I don't see any of my regular sites that have predictions yet, so take that for what it's worth. feel like I default to like a double. Or I always feel more like a triple. It's one of those far off ones I don't like to give doubles. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know that the... I'm fine with the triple. Yeah, that's fine with me too. Triple it is. Do you have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive? Yes, he is still alive, and he is on the Brock Purdy bandwagon. His specific wording in this prediction was Purdy versus the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Does this mean that Brock Purdy still has to be the starting quarterback of the 49ers in the Super Bowl for this prediction to be correct? I know at one no. point there was talk that Garoppolo would be coming back. I, I would some point in the playoffs. Yes. Yeah, I, I would also say yes, but I, I don't, don't think it really I don't, matters. Yeah, if they keep winning, I don't see them replacing Purdy no. with Garoppolo these playoffs, right? No yeah. way. So, okay. uh, but if they do, then then this will be wrong because I okay. would take this as Purdy starts. Sounds good. I'm gonna add something to the note that said Purdy needs to start, or should I just say Purdy needs to play? Well, then we get into weird stuff like holding a kickoff or something. Right. I want him to start at quarterback. All right, putting to start at QB. I'll add that to the note. Uh, what do we give this? According to 538, the 49ers have a 34% chance to make the Super Bowl, and the Bengals have a 16% chance to make the Super Bowl. Oh. Yikes. This is what, a triple? That makes it about a 5.4% chance, which is say. right on the triple home run. Yeah, uh, I'll give it a home run. Just because he also specifies the Purdy part of it, yeah, I'm fine giving okay. that a home run. Oh, no, I was trying to give that to Wyatt's prediction. Josh. Say, I'll, I'll take run. it, but uh, Josh gets a home run. I'm going to predict that Purdy gets a ring, and you can interpret that either as he gets a Super Bowl ring because the 49ers win the Super Bowl, or he gets engaged to his girlfriend. Okay, what about he, hold on, hold on, hold on. time out, time out, time out? He doesn't get the ring when he, he gets he, engaged. No, no, he has to get a ring to give to her, or or she could give him a ring too. I mean, who's to judge? Either uh, what, way, but what if he already has a ring? We we won't know that until he proposes. What <laughs> is the time? What is the time frame on this? We'll By the, the, the end, the end of the season, the end of this, we write that down season. Have we May. confirmed that he's like somewhat close to? Engagement? How no. are we confirming that? What do you mean? <laughs> Yo, just call him up. I want to call him up. I do not hey, have that connection. How long? Uh, question Does this include an AFC or an NFC championship ring? No, it's only a Super Bowl ring okay, or Super Bowl it ring. Also, it, this expires the the end of this write that down prediction season. I think this so, should expire the after the Super Bowl, personally. Like, no. If, if he doesn't propose on the field after the Super Bowl, I say we take it off. No. 
He, what if he gets two rings after winning the Super Bowl? He's like, oh, I just won the Super Bowl as Mr. Relevant. Will you marry me? Cancels out. Well, that, well then, it would, <laughs> then I would be right. I would be double right. That's two positives. makes it a negative. You get negative point. I, I'm giving myself a ridiculous cop-out if the 49ers do not win the Super Bowl is what this prediction is. I just don't like the time of it. That, that really stretches it out for you. Until May? Four months? That's not a long time. That's a long time no, compared to not. like a month until the Super Bowl's over. It's, so I don't know this man's life. How, how upset would Coach be if he wouldn't propose right now? Like, that would be a, a bad that, that, football That's move. true. That would be bad juju. That would be bad juju. Oh, she's a UNI volleyball star, apparently. Good for her. Like, UNI, like Iowa or Illinois? Iowa, I what believe. What is UNI, Illinois? What are you talking about? Is University the, of Northern uh, Illinois, of, yeah. yeah. What are they? they? They're another smallish college. They're like a dog or something? I think they're FCS, aren't they? Nah, they're a group of five. Are they really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, sorry. An Iowa State volleyball player. Oh. Why did the headline say you and I, and then the article says Iowa State? Anyway. I don't know. Oh, no, she, she was with the Cyclones for three seasons, then transferred to you and I in 2021. Nah. Yeah, it's Northern Illinois University. It's NIU. Wow. Oh, okay. Forty-five percent graduation rate, pretty good. I don't know. There's don't an article know. about him in the paper, but it doesn't say anything about them being close to being engaged. I don't know. Someone go do some investigative journaling for us, like investigative journalism <laughs> for us, please. You ain't got time for that. Ugh. Well, so according to 538, there's an 18% chance that the Niners win the Super Bowl. Triple? So that, would, that, that would be a triple just with that. Do we bring it down to a double because of his engagement cop-out? I agree. I'm, I'm calling there's it a no double. Way. There's no way that brings it down to a double. That's crap. It's I say triple. I say triple, Wyatt. I'm for you. I'm Thank punishing you, you for it. I'm punishing you for the silliness of the, the prediction. I'm going to say double. Are you going to make me decide? Yeah, yes, sir. Fuck it. Oh, boy. Can I just make Wyatt flip the coin instead? Nope. No. Single. You... Flip the coin, Wyatt. Okay, now you can, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now you can. So Which... what is the, uh, what's the coin flip for? Uh, double head, and triple. Head, heads is triple. Tails is double. If it lands on its side, it's a single. Well, oh, no, wait. no, no, so. hold on now. He said triple, you said single, I said double. That averages out to double, right? That's not in the bylaws. That's not in the bylaws. That's not in the bylaws. It's correct. It's not in the bylaws. Mm. So we probably should rewrite it because we should we make should an do, addendum. Oh, no. So what it would have to do is we flip the coin between a double or a single and then the winner of that versus a triple. What? Why, huh? why, why does triple automatically yeah, make why does triple get the Because that was, that was the first one that was written down. Unless Ariane's was first and it was a double. We, we didn't write anything down. Well, That's what we're still arguing spoken, about. Spoken first. Just flip it between a double and a triple. I'm fine, fine with that. I'm All fine right. with that, yes. <laughs> All right, listen for the, uh, the, the noise. And tails is lower and heads is higher. Is that correct? Yes, heads is the triple. Sure. All right, here okay. we go. It's tails. Boo you, Ariane. All right. Double. Double it is. The coin has spoken. Stupid giant right. Adams. Hard <laughs> gold coin. I, I hope that I can make this easier for you guys uh, than Wyatt's prediction. Nick Bosa will be the Super Bowl MVP. Now, by MVP, do you mean most valuable player or most very proposed to? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Isn't he already <laughs> engaged? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Am I supposed to know this? Ask yeah. Wyatt. Apparently, that's his specialty. Bosa engaged. Just NFL engagement Is show. That's what we're married? doing. No, he's. They've been dating since two thousand one. Um, Jesus. Oh, 2021. Uh, 2021. Oh, okay. I was like, how old is he? Twenty-one. My bad. Since they were like four. Um, <laughs> Nick, but I'm going to just, that's a home run for me. Yeah. 
Defensive players don't win that it's award. Hard to do. Have to, yeah, I, I agree. I'm good with the home run. Aaron Donald won it, didn't he? No, I predicted that. Who did who did win it? Oh, Didn't Cooper Cup Stafford, won. Yeah, Cooper Cup. He was yeah, gonna win yeah. it until the very end, and then yeah. he caught another touchdown. Yeah, because I predicted a defensive player was gonna win last year, and they didn't. All right, home run it is then. All right, that's a home run. What do you got, Ariane? All right, so I have two predictions here. My first prediction with the sores injury and our team looking pretty good on the men's side, I'm going to say the men's basketball team ends with a better record than the women's basketball team. Double. Yeah, it could be a coin flip, yeah. Double. Mike? I'm fine with a double. I think that makes sense. Cool. It's yeah. possible, but not necessarily likely. The men have a harder remaining schedule for sure. Yeah. So, and then I have another prediction, slightly more complicated. Um, I am going to predict Rudy Gobert, who has been having a down season, and uh, I believe is currently injured, a groin he got, injury. He got injured today. We don't know how severe it is. Yet. He got injured last game too. He only played 13 minutes last game because he left with a groin injury. Uh, Rudy Gobert will finish the year. Averaging at least 15 points, 12 rebounds, and two blocks per game. He is, is currently it? averaging 13.6 points, 11.8 rebounds, and 1.3 blocks per game. However, for his career, he averages 12.5 points per game, 11.7 rebounds per game, and 2.2 blocks per game. So that's some, uh, some outlining there for you. Now, this is a single. Easy. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are. You just took the, the, crown, just the crown for the most confident Rudy Gobert person <laughs> in the entire country. No, that, that was just salt from a... Uh, to to me, it just seems like a, a double or a triple. I, I was actually leaning towards a triple. My gut's a double, so Mike, make up your mind. I was going to say, it's over his career average for rebounding. You, you know and what I'm gonna playing do. like terrible to that. You know what I'm game. gonna. You know what I'm gonna do then, just because I did it to uh, oh, here Wyatt. Here we go. Flip the coin, baby. Flip the coin, Wyatt. Between right. double and triple. Uh, flip the coin. Heads is triple, tails is double. Oh, well, that one didn't count. Oh, he threw it. <laughs> it was also tails. <laughs> right. I'll take a double then. <laughs> All right, with three doubles, a triple, and two home runs, that concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which means, yes, we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311Cast, episode 206. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our social media pages at 8311Cast on Instagram and Twitter. Signing off for the 8311Cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, Ariane Barry. And Wyatt Teeter. Talk to y'all again next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.